This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender for the evening. I am the dude. So that's what you call me. Or Anthony's good too, but, uh, you know, lately I've been answering the dude a lot uh, easier. So I've even forgotten my own name. Can you believe that shit? So anyway, how's everybody doing tonight? How's it going? It has been a really hot week out where I'm here. I'm uh, podcasting out in West Texas. And my God, you could uh, cook... Well, not just an egg. You can probably do a whole brisket. Oh, shit. That that pretty much proves that I'm in Texas. Uh, do a whole brisket right on your sidewalk in front of your house. I mean, it's uh, probably not that bad compared to some of the places uh, that I've seen that listen to my show. But 107 degrees, that's fucking hot to a guy like me. I was, gro- I was born and raised in the Northwest. It never got that fucking hot. But enough complaining about that. We got to get to uh, get the show started. So how do we start the show? As usual, we got to start with today's drink special. This drink special comes from Abraham Ace Castel- Castellanos. Castel- uh, Castellanos. Oh, I'm going to go with that. Uh, he calls this drink the Frisky Sour. Okay, how you make the Frisky Sour goes. One and a half ounces of Maker's Mark. Half an ounce of Apple. Apple, Apple Rusa, app, app. Oh, I'll put it on the website. One ounce uh, lemon juice, three quarter ounce uh, simple syrup, garnished with a peach slice and mint spring. Sounds like something that you're gonna have to put into a uh, shaker, shake it up a little bit, uh, so you can get that true mixture. Uh, app, Aperolusa, I'll have to look that one up later. Somebody help me out. <clears throat> anyway, uh, that is the drink special of the day, the Frisky Sour. I got that off the Fraternal Order of Bartenders member, Abraham Ace Castellanos. Um, uh, he's uh, contributed a lot to Hey Bartender, or uh, to the Fraternal Order of Bartenders. So if you know him, uh, somebody thank him for me, uh, if you actually know him, uh, that I used the drink because he posted it on a public forum, and I feel the need to relay that information off to you guys because we all need to know the uh, need to know all these drinks out here, or at least kind of experiment with them, and uh, you know, see if other get people to try new things. That's one of the that's one of the really groovy things. Being a bartender, you somebody you ask somebody what they want to drink, and all they say is alcohol. So you put something together for them. So, you know, you bring this new drink into your bar, get somebody to, to try it. You know, if you know them well enough, they like uh, sour drinks, they like whiskey, uh, you know, get them to try the Frisky Sour or any of the other drinks that I've brought up on this podcast. You know, have a little bit of fun with it. Use it as your drink special. I don't care. Oh, so anyway, today, uh, today, uh, today's podcast, I decided... Uh, I was re- been reading up on all the social media posts out there, and I started uh, getting uh, seeing a lot of postings from people. Uh, do you do favors for your customers? Now, uh, by favors, of course, uh, do you offer them a ride home when you're done with your work? Do you loan them money or something like that? 
Now, based on my experience, uh, majority of the time, uh, you'll do it for regulars. But here's a, a quick story uh, of a girl that I had absolutely no idea who she was, where she was from, what she was doing, and uh, at, at first at least. And uh, I got volunteered to drive her home. So it's Saturday night. And, uh, the bar is hella busy. I got four people, uh, four people deep, three people wide at my bar and I'm just throwing drinks like crazy. And, uh, uh, eventually my server who didn't spend much time out on the floor at that time, we, uh, that's a different story. <clears throat> she all of a sudden spotted in the crowd, this girl that was standing next to the wall, uh, on the verge of crying and, uh, just, so she went out to go check on her. And apparently, as the story goes, she was cruising the bars around uh, the area that I worked. Like I've told you guys before, the area that I worked had a bunch of bars. And the bar that I, uh, the bars that I usually worked at were open later or more convenient for most other, uh, most people that want to party on the weekends. So uh, she goes over, talks to her for a little while, and apparently she was out hanging out with her friends, and then all of a sudden she lost her friends. She doesn't know where they went, what they were, what they did. Uh, you know, did they jump in the car, go to another bar? Did they jump in their car, go home? And so she was walking around trying to find where her friends were at. She couldn't find them. And this is the early days of cell phone technology, people. I'm going to date myself here. Uh, you couldn't just send out a text or use uh, that Find Me app to track down your friends. Um uh, you basically had to, uh, it was back in the, like the Nokia 5100 series days. That's how far back this goes. And, uh, so she couldn't really track down her friends. And I guess she, uh, I don't even know if she had a cell phone truthfully. Anyway. Uh, so my server went to talk to her and she said, I don't know where my friends are at. I don't know how I'm going to get home. And, uh, it was at closing time, we're uh, just going through last call. I'm getting everybody a drink that wants to get one more quick one in before they go home or head off to the next bar. And as we're cleaning up, uh, all of a sudden, my waitress comes over to me and says, "There's uh, that girl over there, she's waiting for her friends. She's hoping that her friends swing by here uh, to find her, pick her up. And I said, that's fine, she just chill out there. No big deal. We just can't give any, give her any more drinks. And if she has a drink in front of her after one thirty, uh, we have to take it away. So, you know, give her like coffee, water, Coke, whatever. And, uh, so pretty much left it at that. And when we finally finished up cleaning up the whole bar, uh, she was still sitting there and still looking like she was on the verge of crying. I was volunteered by the servers. Uh, Oh, don't worry. Anthony will take you home. And I, I said, oh, yeah, sure. Don't even worry about it. And she's like, are you sure? And I, I said, yeah. Said, uh, where do you live? She told me where she lived. And I said, it's on my way home. And, you know, she put a little bit of trust in me uh, because I'm a guy that she had no idea who I was, what I was doing, what and or what I was into. But she decided to trust me uh, because... Uh, I was giving her a ride home. She was a little bit desperate at that point. I don't know. Uh, we, I don't, I don't even remember if we offered her a cab or anything like that. Um, 
but yeah, uh, I, uh, uh, we all exited the restaurant through the back door like we always did. And I took her over to my car. Uh, I was driving a red Plymouth neon at the time, you know, stripped down, uh, very base basics, red Plymouth neon and put her in my car. And I, uh, I drove her home. We had a light conversation on the way back and, uh, I think I, well, truthfully, I did hit on her a little bit because she did look gorgeous that night. And I thought it was a shame that her friends uh, just left her, but it didn't go anywhere past that. I, she just said, okay, right here's good. Uh, well, we, she goes that apartment complex over there. And I said, okay, and stop the car. And she goes right here is good. And I said, all right, uh, hope, uh, hope you can track down your friends. And she said, all right, thank you so much for the ride. And I said, not even out of my way. And I, I left. The next shift that I worked, there was question. My coworkers did come up and question me. Did anything happen? And I said, "Nope, not a thing." And uh, one of one of my good friends, she actually teased me about it. Of course, Anthony's too damn nice to try to take advantage of a girl like uh, in a situation like that. Now, you, now, all my listeners out there, you can take or leave that the way you want, uh, whether it's the truth. But that's, you know, but that's how the story goes. Uh, they knew I wasn't going to try to take advantage of the girl. I wasn't going to do anything disrespectful. And they were right. Uh, if I knew where that girl was today or uh, even the day after, I'd bring her on the show to, to vouch for me. Well, my friend Shannon, she would vouch for me. She, she knows I don't try to pull that sort of thing. But... Uh, if she gave me an offer, I probably wouldn't refuse because I was single and she was looking really good that night. But for perfect strangers, me as the bartender doing thing, doing favors for them, uh, even regular customers, it took a lot for me to want to help people out. Uh, um, sometimes I wondered if I was just being an asshole, but uh it was very rare that I would do any specific favors for customers other than maybe call them a cab. Um, if somebody came up to me and said, Hey, I don't have any money. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't get paid till Thursday and it's Tuesday. If you could help me out tonight. And I'd say, dude, I'm sorry. I don't got the cash, which usually I didn't because I'm stupid with money. And, and by stupid, I mean, I, as soon as I got money, I usually spent it, but, uh, you know, customers would, uh, every once in a while ask me for money and I, no, I can't do that. And, uh, but for coworkers or people that were also in the service industry with me, I was, if they were regular customers, I was more inclined to help them than somebody that, uh, comes off their nine to five job and comes into the bar uh, and accidentally stays too late or spends too much money in video poker. Um, I was way more inclined to help out uh, uh, coworkers and people that were in the service industry. People, uh, the way I helped out people in the service industry, it was never monetarily. They never asked me for money because they always had money on them. They had, they just got tipped that night. And uh, so they, I, I knew they had money on them, but they never asked for that. The occasional ride home, yes, they just uh, they just be like, uh, I can't drive home. Can you can you give me a ride home? Because and I'll just come back and get my car tomorrow. 
And I just, yeah, no, sure, no problem. I never had to drive extremely far out of the way. In fact, I never did because most of the bartenders and servers that worked in that town lived in that town, except for me. I lived half hour, 45 minutes away. and uh, But I was always more than happy to uh, take a coworker back to their house or uh, uh, somebody also that was in the service industry. There uh, were times, though, where, uh, you know, some some situations I felt like I got, got taken advantage of and uh, because, oh, I uh, don't worry, Anthony will take you home. And it's just, you know what? I'm not a taxi service. After a while, you start, you start, when you start to feel like you're getting taken advantage of, it really starts to wear on you. And, uh, oh, I, I don't worry. I, we can drink tonight. Anthony will take us home. Uh, you know, uh, all right. You know, I didn't have the courage ever to just blurt out no. So, and I, because I knew if I did all of a sudden, everybody would turn on me It was what all of a sudden you're not giving people rides home. What are you? Some kind of asshole. That's the type of thing that would always get me in trouble as a person uh, and a bartender is, you know, sure. I'd be generous for a little while, but this, the second I start to feel like I'm being taken advantage of and say, no, all of a sudden I'm the bad guy. It's, uh, it still boggles me to this day. Uh, how, you know, uh, friends can sit back and say, Hey, uh, why don't we go out tonight? And, uh, I'll say, no, I don't feel like going out tonight because their, their goal is to go to the bar, get, uh, get a few drinks in their system and go home, but they need a designated driver. And that's where non-drinking bartender Anthony comes in, uh, because I could be designated driver and I'd be more than happy to drive anybody anywhere all over the, all over creation with nobody paying for gas. And, but it would, uh, it would come to a point where it's just like, you know, they would talk me into it. I'd take them. And, uh, it's, you know how weird it is being, uh, the only sober person in a bar. Well, it, that that's always me. I'm always, uh, the uh, only or at least one of the sober people in the bar because one I don't drink and uh two if I do it's maybe one beer and once in a while they t- talk me into taking a shot but then that would hit my system like a uh like a piano being dropped on me and then I go no more not happening cuz I don't have any tolerance whatsoever and uh, so they they would automatically think of me. Hey, can you drive us here? Can you drive us there? And then all of a sudden, one day, uh, it'll come up where they say, hey, we're all going out to this place. Can you pick us up? And I'll just go, no, I don't want to go out tonight. I want to stay home and rewatch the Star Wars trilogy uh, that I've seen, uh, you know, five, six times a year uh, ever since I was born. And then all of a sudden they're like, come on, let's go out. And say, no, I don't really want to go out tonight. I didn't, I don't have the money for gas. I don't have, you know, and I got to work in the morning. And then all of a sudden, geez, why are you such a bad mood tonight? And said, I'm not in a bad mood. I just don't want to go anywhere. And so when I, uh, and then all of a sudden they turn it on me to try to guilt me into 
driving them places. Uh, it worked some of the time. You know, uh, all right, fine, I'll come and get you. Um, the the worst one was uh, the girl I was hanging out with at the time. Uh, she just got herself a temporary boyfriend. I say temporary because uh, he already had a girlfriend that traveled a lot because she uh, worked in the airline industry. Um, and as soon as she got home, all of a sudden they weren't dating anymore. And, uh, she called me up one night and says, Hey, come over to this, uh, come over to, uh, where she was at at the time, um, pick me and, uh, dipshit up my words, not hers, pick me and dipshit up uh, and take us to Taco Bell. Now the key to this whole story was that there were six inches of snow and ice uh, out everywhere in town. And I said, no, uh, I'm not, I'm not driving through the snow and ice to come pick you up to just to take you to Taco Bell. And then it got turned on me. Why do you have to be such a jerk? And, it, and I, uh, I just stopped texting her at that point. That, uh, that was roundabouts when, uh, T nine text messaging was popular. Some of you old enough to remember that. I mean, that night, my nerves were already frazzled because I had to drive down an extremely icy interstate to get home from my other job. And so my nerves were frazzled from all the other idiots out on the road besides me and uh, worrying about sliding off the road or getting hit by a car that is sliding. Uh, I I just couldn't do it. And uh, I ended up getting called the bad guy for that, but it turned out like it another uh, it never happened only only like a day later and all of a sudden she's asking me for favors again monetarily though uh i was always very 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 stingy with who i loaned money to i did loan money to a few people uh from time to time uh when they had a really huge problem come up actually it wasn't lending i i set up a rule uh I got it from a TV show, I think. Never lend money that you're going to miss. So, uh, like, 20 bucks, yeah, all right, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine. I thought of it as kind of a fundraiser uh, because my cook at the time, he was an, offered an opportunity to go to Japan. And he was like, I actually, uh, he was thinking about not going, but I said, dude, this is an opportunity that most people in the United States don't ever get. You've got the opportunity. You should go. And he's like, you know what? You're right. And he uh, decided to t- do a semi-fundraiser where he said he's he wanted to borrow $5 from every person that he could, uh, he all of his friends, colleagues, whatever, so he could go to Japan and have money for food, lodging, whatever he needed, uh, souvenirs. And uh, I thought it was, I thought that was kind of a brilliant idea. But I, when I handed him, I think I gave him 10 bucks instead of five. Maybe I gave him just five. I said, dude, you don't have to pay that back. Uh, you know, I want you to go to Japan, experience, uh, experience the culture, have a good time, see when you get back. And he came, ended up coming, you know, he came back and, uh, uh, well, he asked me if I, if he were to think about buying me a souvenir 
while I, while he was there, of what would I want? And I said, well, if you can find a reasonably priced uh, Japanese musical instrument that's not available here in America, that would be fun. Or a toy that you're pretty sure isn't uh, sold in America, that would be fun too. He ended up bringing me back a Japanese uh, Gundam wing action figure. It's pretty cool. Um, and it's probably worth more than five bucks, but I was grateful anyway. I mean, he still was thinking of his friends and, uh, you know, we were thinking about him too. We all, we all chipped in so that he could go and experience this because how many of you that work in the restaurant industry get an opportunity to travel abroad? Uh, I mean, sure. A lot of you can, uh, save your tips for however long. Uh, but you still got to contend with money and you got to plan this trip years in advance. And uh, just so you, you know, you got that uh, jar or uh, five gallon water bottle that you throw all your change in at night. And when you, and you decide when that thing gets full, you're going to go on a vacation and you know where, where you end up, who knows, but it takes a really long time to figure that one out. Uh, or to gather the resources to do it. And so when he asked, uh, asked to borrow money, I was more than happy to hook him up because it was he's a good friend and it was an uh, awesome opportunity for him. But then there's these other people when you're behind the bar that say things uh, like I said before, hey, I can't, uh, I can't afford... Uh, to pay my tab, but I promise if you hook me up, I will pay you back Thursday. And I just look at him and go, no, sorry, I can't do that for you. Uh, I could get re- in big trouble. Brad takes uh, take keeps track of everything around here. You know, easiest thing is to um, blame the manager why you can't do that. But you don't want to do th- you don't want to do that. If they can't afford to drink, they really shouldn't be out. That's always been my, uh, been my philosophy on it. And especially when it comes to the non tippers, uh, they, uh, drink two beers and pay exact change for those two beers and say, sorry, I can't tip you tonight. Well, what the fuck are you doing out? We'll talk about the tips things later because that's, that's a pretty hefty, uh, hefty subject. I remember talking to a guy from, uh, getting emailing back and forth to a guy with a guy from Spain who didn't think that tipping was all that important, but I've been doing some research here lately here in America, and that'll that'll make an interesting podcast later. We'll talk about that uh, in a couple episodes. But that's when it came to the customers. Now for uh, coworkers again, uh, I I did have a couple coworkers that were having some serious problems when it came to like family uh, family problems. I uh, one of my coworkers, uh, her son, uh, was very sick at the time. Last I heard, it's been years since I've heard from her. Uh, last I heard, he was doing just fine. But handing money over to her so that she could handle medical expenses, do some special things because he was in a really bad situation at the time. Uh, handing them over money so he could do some really fun special things. Uh, uh, just in case, you know, uh, that's the way I felt about it. Um, that wasn't a huge problem for me. I didn't loan her like hundreds of dollars. 
but you know, situations where it was like five bucks here, 20 bucks there. Um, yeah, go for it. And, uh, we were, uh, pretty good friends. And last I heard her, uh, her son is doing just perfectly. Uh, I, and, but I'm going by, uh, information that's probably about five, six years old. And I still hope, uh, hope that he's doing great. Um, but, uh, there were times where it became really hard with coworkers because you could see your coworkers video poker comes into play. Uh, you know, everybody's got their vices, uh, alcohol, gambling, smoking, uh, and, uh, with video poker for bartenders and servers, it's really easy, uh, to, you know, finish up your shift, go over to the, uh, per, uh, the place that's open the latest and play some video poker for a little while. I mean, a lot of you people can agree with me. I'm actually wonder from time to time if people, uh, bartenders, waitresses, whatever in Las Vegas, after they get off work at the casino, they stop by another casino or something and just, they sit back and blow off some steam, relax for a little bit, play some slot machines, play some cards, whatever. But, uh, if you get too far into it, you start falling down the rabbit hole and then all of a sudden you realize, I just spent my entire night's tips. Well, uh, I had a friend that uh, she uh, would do that. Uh, there was a period of time where she was very lucky with uh, the uh, video poker machines. And she had a, a one uh, holiday season that she and I were working together. Uh, she hit it big constantly on the poker machines. She had some really good luck on the, uh, scratch tickets we sold behind the bar. And, uh, when you win a lot at first, then all of a sudden you, like most, uh, people, when they become compulsive gamblers, they think they can get the money back. And, uh, it came down to it at one time where she, would uh she would go to the next door bar to visit the visit the other bartender no visit our friend bartender and then she'd jump on the video poker machine then all of a sudden she realized that she just spent all of her tips and then she would ask me hey uh can i borrow 20 dollars i'd give it to her because I, I figured she was good for it and then a little bit later hey can i borrow 20 dollars i'd give it to her because i figured she was good for it and before long she owed me something like, uh, 200, 300 bucks. And, uh, at one point I was like, that's too much. Even as good of a friend as she was, I can't loan her any more money because not only is she spending her tips, she's spending mine. And cause she was, uh, she didn't pay me back, uh, right away. It, it would have felt better probably if she would have paid me back with the next, next night's tips, but then she would take the next night's tips, go over to the poker machine and try to win her money back from the night before. Typical gambler situation. Am I right? But for a long time, I kept my mouth shut. Yes, she was borrowing a lot of money. Yes, I did have a problem with it, but I didn't have the balls to tell her no. Until one night. Uh, I got off. Uh, my shift and then she came over uh came over to my bar and i was uh off shift already and we were 
just there to hang out with uh, hang out with the bartender that was on duty. She went over to the video poker machines and she dropped all of her tips into a video poker machine. And then she turns to me and says, hey, uh, can I get $20? And I looked her in the eye and I said, no, I need that money tonight. And because I had bills and cell, you know, my cell phone bill and all that stuff due uh, and car payment. And uh, I said, I, I'm so, no, I need my money tonight. And that upset her really, really bad. And uh, there were justify uh, ways that she justified it because uh, uh, I was living at home with my parents at the time. And so I don't didn't have rent. I didn't. Uh, all I had was my car payment and my cell phone payment. But I I was playing video poker too much at the time, too. And, you know, I was just trying to just chill, hang out. She asked me if I could borrow money. And when I told her no, uh, that set her off. It actually kind of ruined our friendship for a period of time. And at that point, I sat back and said, okay, uh, maybe I won't loan money to people anymore uh, because she got used to it. It got, uh, and it, and her addiction to gambling uh, caused our friendship to falter for quite some time. We're back to being friends again, but uh, yeah, things changed. But what I'm trying to say is, I mean, it's not like you shouldn't help people. It's uh, just one of those things that you have to kind of use your best judgment. Um, it actually makes me start to wonder if there can be heroes anymore. Just because, you know, I've seen uh, a lot of crap on the news and everything. And also even watching the Avengers the, uh, you know, a movie, it made sense that, uh, after the battle in New York, uh, somebody got on the news and said, who's going to pay for all this damage. So they would have to go after the, after the superheroes to repair New York. And, uh, I, and then it starts to make me, it depresses me actually, that it would actually be harder to help somebody than to just let them go off. Now, here's what I'm saying. Say you're a bartender, and, well, some of you, hopefully, uh, that are listening to this, um, don't have to pretend. Say one night you're bartending or serving, and one of your customers passes out and you ha- or starts complaining they're choking. That's, let's do something simple here. Uh, they start to choke on their food that they're eating that night. Cause they laughed at some kind of penis joke that the, uh, that they just heard all of a sudden you see, they're starting to choke. They can't breathe. They can't talk. You perform the Heimlich maneuver on them and you get whatever's, uh, in their throat dislodged. Yes. But you accidentally break their rib at the same time while you were performing the Heimlich maneuver. Now I have read thousands upon thousands of stories where the person that performed the Heimlich maneuver uh, got sued because they broke their uh, they broke the person's rib, and so what are, what are you supposed to do after that? Just uh, next time you see somebody choking on a piece of food, just let them choke and die, uh, or uh, pretend you don't know CPR. Uh, well, that's kind of what I do. I I warn people at most of my jobs. Yes, I know CPR, but I have no intention of using it. So. Keep your ass safe. 
that it usually gets a laugh, but uh, I'm usually pretty serious about that. Not saying that I wouldn't. If the situation came up, I would want to save the life. But what are the ramifications from it? I'm uh, even ambulance drivers when they're uh, performing chest compressions, they br- break the sternum or the xiphoid process in the person's chest as they're giving chest compressions and they end up getting sued for that and you know everybody's just sue happy and so but there's also dangers out there uh you're bartending or uh, bartending or serving one night somebody who you kind of know not that well um they say hey can i get a lift home and you just you just decide Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a ride home. And then something bad happens to you on the way home. Uh, like say a car accident, you accidentally get, uh, hit by, um, uh, hit by a car. And then all of a sudden the, the guy that you decided to uh, take home, uh, take back to his place, sues you, uh, for getting in a car accident. And you know, that's, uh, that's bad, but there are also even worse situations, way worse situations. Like I was reading on social media, some people that talk about this sort of thing where they, uh, drive somebody home and they end up getting raped and oh, it's like, my God. And you, I mean, the, you want to be nice. It would be great to be a hero, but there are so many legal liabilities in trying to help somebody out. You don't want to help people out anymore. You try to take it to court one day and all of a sudden you're, uh, I, uh, you're telling the judge he was choking. And so I helped him. Uh, well, obviously you didn't know CPR that well. So there's negligence involved, which ended up him getting injured. So yeah, he gets your wages for the next six to 10 years. Yeah, uh, uh, that's just sickening. Uh, there, but there's good Samaritan laws been put in place since I, uh, since I read most of those stories when it comes to CPR and all that stuff. Uh, but the like accident victims, rape victims, uh, there's, uh, you know, it's, you just want to be nice. And then all of a sudden something incredibly horrible happens and it's a sick world. You start to lose faith in humanity. And uh, so what is, uh, in the year 2020, what has everybody gone to do? Instead of helping somebody or, uh, you know, when a situation arises, they take out their cell phone and videotape it. I've heard uh, uh, there's potential for laws out there where if you make a video of somebody that obviously needs help or uh, they're a fight or something like that. They're thinking about making a law where uh, you could get in trouble. I don't, don't quote me on this. Uh, this is just something that I heard through another person, through another person, through another person there. They can, you can get in trouble for that. It's like, I, you know, even videos where you see somebody that's fall, you know, uh, that is falling off a bridge. They're hanging on for dear life. What does the person, uh, what does a nearby person do instead of calling 911? No, they use their phone to videotape it and go, oh my God, uh, somebody really should help them. You know, shit. Yeah, it's sickening. But I'm not saying don't help out your friends. I'm not saying don't help out your customers. 
but uh, you know, we all have the best intentions out there when we're bartending and serving because we want our customers to come back and spend money, or we just want to see them again. Yeah, uh, because uh, they're great people. But uh, sometimes you've got to let somebody down uh, because uh, you don't you you can't you know they're not going to pay you back or. Uh, you're not driving that direction and you're uh, get at the time when I uh, at the time back when I used to bartend gas was really expensive compared to what it is right now in uh, July of 2020. But uh, you know, when uh, doing favors um, just make sure you don't get taken advantage of. That's the, that's the bottom line. People, uh, uh, at one point or another, you're going to feel like you're being taken advantage of. You might not be, but be able to say no once in a while. That's what you got to do. Uh, and, you know, to hell with the ramifications. If they, like when I told you that uh, somebody asked me for a ride and I, uh, and it was snowing ice outside and I told them, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, she ended up calling, uh, saying, how, how come you have to be such an asshole? And, uh, you know, that told me how good of a friend she actually was. And so, yeah, that pretty much, uh, uh, pretty much set the, set the standard for me for, uh, from then on out, especially when, uh, I would drive her to work cause she didn't have a car every once in a while. I'd drive her to work. And one day, I was short on cash and I said, uh, I need money for gas. Uh, I, I'm completely broke and I need money for gas. If you, if you want to ride to work, um, you're going to have to chip and she, Oh, sure. And then she hands me 40 bucks and she said, go ahead and keep it. Cause you drive me to work a lot. And then about a month later, she all of a sudden says, Hey, remember that $40 I loaned you? And I said, uh, that was a loan. And she goes, yeah, well, I need that money. And I was like, all right, fine. I never loaned her a penny after that. So, um, and, you know, just remember uh, that you can say no. Sure, things, there might be some kind of ramifications to it. But then you got to sit back and wonder, you know, how big of an asshole they are for putting you in that uh, situation. I don't know. Anyway, enough of this. Uh, let's get on to this week's musical guest. Uh, I, I'm going to admit this. This is just a song that I think is really cool. I've liked it for a very long time. Uh, I probably should have asked permission to use it, but, uh, if they have a problem with it, they, uh, they can always call me and I can always change this uh, particular podcast, but this particular podcast, uh, this is just a song that I've loved for a really long time that I'm pretty sure you guys will love too. From their 1990 album, Save This House, this is Spirit of the West with their song, Home for a Rest. You have to excuse me, I'm not in my... So 
Once again, that was Spirit of the West from their 1990 album, Save This House. That was their single, Home for a Rest. I just love that song. It's just so much energy and fun. A good friend of mine told me about that song a long time ago. He said he was in a bar in Canada, and the song just started playing, and uh, just people just ran out to the dance floor, and when it got to that part, Take Me Home, everybody just screamed it, and you got to love a song that can uh, do that to a crowd, don't you? But anyway, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar, because... I'm, I'm not going to walk out there. Commute would kill me. So anyway, thank you so much for uh, to Spirit of the West for uh, uh, letting me use Home for a Month uh, for this week's music choice, whether they know it or not. The song is awesome. Go check them out. Go download it. They're available on iTunes. They're probably available everywhere. Uh, thank you so much to uh, uh, Abraham Ace Cast- Castellani. Castellanos, um, I'll have his name on the website, uh, for letting me use, whether he knows it or not, the frisky sour recipe for the beginning of the show. Go out, try it. Let me know what you think of it. Let Abraham know what you think about it. Um, you know, because we, uh, some of us want to know what the drink tastes like before we send it out to our customers. If you want to be a part of, just remember people, if you want to be a part of the show, uh, I'd love to have you on, talk about your bar experiences and whatnot. Email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. We can see about get you, getting you on the show. If, you have, if you're a musician out there and you have some music that you want to be uh, put out in public, I'd love to help you guys out too. Email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'm also available on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast. Um, I'm on Twitter once in a while, Hey Bartender PO1. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you guys, uh, want to be a part of the show, I love to have you. And, uh, just remember you go over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com. You can get to listen to the most recent episode links to the old episodes, uh, popular, uh, the popular drink recipe for that particular week. Uh, and you can also pick up some Hey Bartender Podcast swag. And remember, uh, until the end of the month of July, if you use the Dude20 and the promo code at checkout, you get 20% off your entire purchase. So help out, help support Hey Bartender Podcast by picking up a t-shirt today. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. It's This is a fun show to do, you know? So, uh... Uh, anyway, as usual, I gotta wish y'all the same thing I do every episode. Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here!